Yeah, guys, welcome back to the Nevermind Polly podcast. Hope everyone is doing well today. Wherever you listen to this in the world, whatever time you listen to this, hope you're doing good. Um, it's just Matt here once again. Uh, this time I've got a very special uh, gentleman on. I've got a Scotsman for the first time. We had our first woman uh, the other day in the form of uh, Serena Cherry from uh, Spellbars. This time we've got our first Scottish gent. We have got... Gavin from Damnation Festival, how are you doing, sir? I am doing, I'm doing well. What an, what an introduction. Firstly, following Serena, who was a, I had a get as a guest on my podcast, she was, she was fantastic. And then secondly, your first uh, Scotsman. So I'll, I'll try. I'm, I'm quite excitable. My, I've got a thick Glaswegian accent. I'll try my best to keep it, to keep it uh, slowed down for your listeners. <laughs> no, absolutely fine. No worries at all. Um, I was going to say, so we try to start these chats, interviews the same way. How have you been? How's the last 18 months, two years been for you, both sort of personally and professionally? Because we've had a lot of, we've had a few bands on, and they've obviously been allowed to be creative in this time. How's it been for being a promoter? And obviously, I imagine a bit of a logistical headache trying to sort a festival out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, ultimately it's been a shit show, obviously, I mean, for everyone, I mean, promoters, they promote, they put on shows, COVID has made uh, that impossible, but not only that, the, the, um, all the other hurdles that it throws up, well, here we are now, we're eight weeks from damnation, the lineup's been rebuilt three times, we, it's now predominantly, it's almost exclusively British bands, but we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with the two French bands, and the French-based uh, Sylvain, uh, whether they'll be able to play. So right now, I couldn't even tell you that you would guarantee the lineups on the poster will all be there. Anyone who's at Bloodstock will know that even British bands aren't a certainty that we can we can lose them along the way too. If anyone catches COVID in the band, uh, they come out. So, I it's uh, past eighteen months has been it's been a bit yeah uh, for a promoting side that I think it's been it's been a struggle. And now it's like, for us personally, the finishing line appears to be that first week in November, and if we can just get to it. I mean, even this morning, we're still hearing about vaccine passports. And um, well, we won't be. Like, it's insane that we're this far down the road and we still don't know how fans will be able to enter the show, enter the, the, the venue. So it's a... Uh, I'm just... I've never wanted a damnation just to happen for the sake of happening. I just, I just want that milestone to be passed, that the event happens and not another cancellation, postponement, bumping it on again. So I professionally it's been it's been tough work, but uh, it's been tough work for everyone. Um, and personally, I okay, I'm a, a I've got I've got another job. I'm a, a newspaper editor which has kept me busy and I've got three kids that have kept me even busier. So uh, personally things have been as, as good as it can be when you're locked in a house day yeah. in day out. Definitely, definitely. That's that's I mean it's good to hear that you've been sort of uh, personally okay and, and kids keeping on their toes and things but um as you say you guys are quite in a fortunate position being in november you're, you're obviously one of the last festivals to come around every year um so obviously you've kind of got that on your side to to a degree um obviously i went to uh bloodstock festival uh this year uh it was a great festival i know you have a good working relationship with um with vicky obviously she's been on uh bloodstock versus damnation or damnation versus bloodstock uh, your podcast and things so um yeah and one thing that i think is a good takeaway from the whole covid situation is the fact that there is such a strength in rock and metal in the uk 
And the fact you've had to, like you say, rebuild a lineup two, three times using what you've got in terms of British bands proves that you can still pull off a really fantastic lineup with British bands, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, the, the lineup is lineup's insane, to be honest. I mean, the. It would have been easy and a lot cheaper when we lost the British band, uh, the American bands to not go after Carcass, which wasn't a, an easy book to get. It certainly wasn't cheap. And then Paradise Lost and themselves were good, but getting Paradise, Paradise Lost to do Gothic. Mm. But that, that alongside Godflesh, I mean, it, those top three bands could have topped any damnation, whether we're in a pandemic or not. But we felt... Uh, we felt that we had to go for all, as you're saying the support that we've had for the last 18 months the amount of people that actually cancelled their tickets was minimal and the amount of people that moaned us in any way shape or form was minimal and we felt that we sold out in fact in March nine months before the festival and when it came to it we felt that we owed it to the fans that stuck by us right through this to, to go and get the best bands available regardless of the cost. So uh, yeah, you're getting folk now that are saying this is the best damnation lineup that they that they believe that they're going to come to, you know. So uh, that's that's great to hear. But hi, you're lucky we're in the UK because if you're sitting in Portugal or Spain, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you're getting that same level of quality. I don't know if you've got your carcasses and paradise losses and Godflesh equivalents. I mean, you probably got a couple of decent bands uh, here and there, but the UK is just rich with talent. Oh, both um, those bands like Carcasses and Electric Wizard and My Dying Brides and Paradise Lost that have been about for decades, and then all these new bands are all coming up as well that are, that are fantastic. This year's been, it's really shown a spotlight on just how many great bands we've got here. Most of them now on the Damnation poster. Yeah, definitely, 100%. I'd say for those who who sort of are uninitiated in terms of uh, Damnation Festival, just to quickly run through the... Uh, so you've got Carcass, Paradise Lost, performing Gothic in full, Godflesh Onslaught. Uh, I can't pronounce that name. Uh, Minorium, A Year of Light, Gambom, uh, Condra, again, a black metal name that... No idea. <laughs> Evil, uh, Bosk, and loads of basically great fucking bands. Um... And you've also, I mean, we're going to get onto this in a minute, but um, announced 2022's lineup, which, you know, like, to put on a festival in 2021 is hard enough, but then to go and absolutely smash it out of the park with the, the opening uh, lineup of 2022 is is pretty impressive, to be fair. But what I want to do before we go into all of that is, is go right back to the beginning. Um, what made you, in 2005, or 2004, should I say 2005, go, I'm going to start a music festival what, what, what gave you the inspiration for that and how did it come about um, well it was it all happened very quickly because I wasn't like I never I wasn't into metal or rock at school uh, we never had we never had like jocks and golfs in my school you know what I mean people just played football and football and fighting were the only two things that ended up done <laughs> at, at my school so I came into the I came into the whole rock and metal world pretty late, maybe about 18, 19 years old, uh, through some video that somebody had passed on. I'd like Incubus and Marlon Manson and Slipknot and Smashing Pumpkins on it, some MTV2 uh, collab. And I, I, I got into it pretty deep. You know, I, I, I went to the first festival, I went to, went to Ozfest in 2001, I believe it was. And then for there, I just got a, I got a bug that I, I wanted to do more 
in this scene, this industry back in, mm-hmm. I mean, I've never picked up an, in, an instrument in my life, so certainly was never going to get involved in a band at that stage. So it seemed like the, an opportunity for me to get in. And then as I started to get in, uh, Stamping Ground, Raging Speedtorn, Ackercock, Sick, those kind of bands, when I was seeing the download lineups, I was getting more and more frustrated because you were getting like Bowen for Soup and Disturbed mm-hmm. were getting these slots where I rightly or wrongly felt that I'd like to have seen Regents be taught in Stamping Grounds and more of the, the, those bands. So that was really the inspiration. After that, I was on the download forums at the time, and I said, well, let's get, it's, how, how hard can it be to book a pub and book two or three bands, you know what I mean? So let's let's see if there's any, any interest, let's do that. I mean, if we get a few grand together between us, we can, we can make this happen. And well, that was technically what Damnation 2005 was supposed to be, but that pub quickly became... The thousand capacity Jill's Rockwood and a couple of bands quickly became entombed, Raging Speed Tom, sixth, go rotted. So, aye, that sold out, sort of snowballed out of control. I mean, we, when we were doing that first lineup, when I went into that venue that day, I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what a backline was. I had no idea what tour managers were. I had no idea what stage managers were. It was, it was proper deep end with the metal pants on. and But it worked. It worked. There was a lot of passion behind it. There was a lot of enthusiasm in this game as well. See, if you're honest and you're just upfront about things and people get paid when they're supposed to get paid, it, it tends to work out okay in the end. And that's exactly what happened. And then after that, it's just it's become what it's become. Yeah, definitely. Um, just a sort of a question that I caused band around. Why why the Midlands? Why, why did you pick uh, Manchester uh, for the first couple of years, then Leeds? And then obviously next year going back to Manchester. What did, is that just because yourself being from Scotland is just easier to travel there, or is it just? No, no, no it's much easier to travel to Glasgow. You know, <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm three miles away from the city centre. It'd be much easier to do that. Well, I mean, you answered the question yourself. The Midlands is exactly that. You'd get yeah, the UK but... map and drop a pin right in the Midlands. It could have been Bradford. It could have been Sheffield. Uh, Nottingham. I mean, every. Oh, I didn't think and still don't think that Damnation would be successful in Scotland. Maybe now, 20 years in, because Damnation has got such a strong brand, people would travel for it, but there's no way that would have happened in the first few years. And I wasn't interested in London because, I've been, well, first, I don't really like London. And secondly, everything happens there. I thought it would yeah. just have been swallowed up with, with every other event and every tour that comes across and maybe they just do London and piss back off. So... And that was it. It was as simple as that. And uh, we looked for venues and Jelly's Rock World in Manchester happened to be that venue. So, But they would only give us a Sunday because our Saturday was uh, was very profitable for them. So we've done it 2005, 2006. I fought to try and get them and give us the, um, the Saturday for 2007 or even let us do two days or, or anything, any sort of compromise. And they just wouldn't give up their Saturday. The academies didn't suit what I was looking for. And uh, we looked, we searched again and found a venue in Leeds, which was the Met at the time, probably it's still called the Met, which was a pretty terrible venue for Damnation as well. It had a lovely big main stage and then a horrible setting stage, which goes against pretty much everything Damnation's trying to do. We're not trying to put on a main stage and then just a, oh, by the way, there's ultras. I mean, we put on Cataclysm and Nathrak and Aborted uh, on that 1349 on that stage and it didn't work. So in 2008, we went to the bigger venue, which we've obviously used now until we've kind of outgrown that as well. It's just, it gets a bit tiresome when you're booking bands like Gopeth and they kind of get a production in. 
or you're putting on bands on the third and fourth stage and you're seeing huge big queues snaking at the venue and listening to complaints afterwards about people not getting to see Solstifer or the ocean and you're like, well, there's nothing else can be done. I cannot make that room any bigger. No, of course. And that, that's the thing, isn't it? And so that's that's one of the... So I've I've never been to Damnation, uh, but it's one so... It's <laughs> that's what, it. You get me on a podcast and then hit me with that bomb. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, here's, here's the thing I was going to say. Um, so I started off uh, going to download, and I still have a massive love for download. And yep. I always sort of looked at Bloodstock and gone, that's cool, but maybe a little too heavy. And then I went to Bloodstock and I was like, that's great. Damnation is my next one on like my tier of like, I love heavy music, but I'm not uh, as if as some people are. Do you see yeah. what I mean? So yeah. I'm looking, and again, looking at the line for 2021, I was like, Oh, that's really good. And basically, I just didn't get my arse in gear quick enough. So, you know, woe is me on that one. But 2022 is a definite... I'm like, well, I'm going. But a lot of people have said to me that Damnation is this great festival. And, you know, I've got every belief it is. And everyone who goes knows it is. But the one thing people have said is the queues for getting people in and out, like you say, uh, at the old venue. So you guys moving into a new venue is, you know, going to be really beneficial. Um... How, is, how do you think things have changed over the years? Because according to Wikipedia, at least, <laughs> I don't believe everything you wrote on the internet, kids, so this might be wrong, um, but in 2008, adding a third stage, and in 2013, having a fourth stage, respectively, how do you think that's sort of changed over the years, both for sort of back of house and front of house? Well, first off, like, when you're, I, I get I get in how people feel about, about damnation, but being... It's got, it's got a, um, a reputation as being an extreme metal festival, and a lot of people don't really see past the carcasses and the pig destroyers um, or the bolt throwers. But ultimately, if you went, our ISO merch stage is a post-rock, post-metal stage. Mm-hmm. You can go in there and find stuff that would be too soft for download or even bloodstock. Yeah. I mean, like, if you go and, you, you go and watch Joe Quail, and, and this is that definition of what you, what you term soft and what's no soft. What I mean is, because Joe Quail's still quite heavy, but... It's a movement with a cello, you know. What I mean, it's not, it's no bolt throw, it's not, it's yeah. not some slam death eh, mob. So we had Morrow play, this will destroy you. There are plenty, maybe she will, of post rock bands that are Alcest and other. I mean, they're not heavy bands. And uh, to answer your question, with uh, in terms of adding those stages, it gave damnation opportunity because I, I loved post rock in two thousand and five, two thousand six, two thousand seven, but there was no scope. And also, it takes a bit of confidence to put a band like Maybe She Will beside a band like Ackercock. You know, it's like those bills don't happen in the UK. It, so, by the time we'd built up a, a bit ahead of steam, and then you realise as well, fans aren't quite as narrow minded. I think sometimes the internet gives you a wrong perception of fans that everybody's just, I like death metal and I can only listen to death metal and I won't, everything else is trash. Especially in Damnation, that's just not the case. People who happily walk at a a pig destroyer set and then walk into an electric wizard set and they're delighted with both, you know. So we, we grew in confidence with that. The extra stages allowed us to, first off, add post-rock and post-metal wasn't there beforehand. Then the fourth stage, once that final stage got a, a license for booze and we could use that, it allowed a proper stack system. Like the way Damnation is, is like two bands are always playing. Beforehand, you beforehand we had three stages. At some point, you had three bands overlapping. There was a time when we had Electric Wizard, Armin Ra, and Pig Destroyer. At one point, in the day were all playing Carcass 
Carcass pitch shifter and Cathedral were all playing at the same time. And that, I mean, the clashes are bad at Damnation, but those clashes were nightmares for both ourselves and fans. The fourth stage allowed us to just go two, two, two. So you, and we, now we can very deliberately clash, thrash with Doom or black metal with post-rock. And even still, people complain about those clashes, but the, the, the genres are so different. But that's, that's what's great about Damnation. That's what's great about Damnation fan base, that people do want to see the black metal book and they do want to see the post-rock book. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's I think that's testament to, to the fans um, that you've kind of got a Damnation is the fact that, it, at least how I see it, there's two types of music, good music and bad music. And it's as simple as that. You know, and so from that perspective, it's it's good that um, they're all. In, I think metalheads do get a bad rap a lot of the time for not being um, being quite gatekeeper and things like that. And it's like you do get the occasional prick, but you know they're they're always the ones that seem to shout the loudest. That seems yeah. to be the problem. But hey, hey, that's just life, isn't it? Yeah, there's a bit of mob mentality about it as well. It's like you get you put something out on Facebook, right? It seems the first comment's negative, like. I, We'll go through, like, a post might get 500 shares, right? And we'll go through the ones that are visible to us, and you'll see 498 shares. Oh, this is amazing. Band X is my favourite. And then their pals come and pile on. Oh, I've got tickets. And then you'll get a post that just goes, but the guy puts up a negative, damnation's crap, this headliner's pish, the tickets are too expensive. And suddenly he gets 13 comments that all agreeing with his point. You know what I mean? So so you've went through thousands of replies, and everyone... Is overwhelmingly for it and positive, and then you get one guy, rightly or wrong, it's, it's their opinion to say it. But then he must, just by lo- the logic of what you've read, he must have friends that believe what the vast majority believe, but they don't comment. What they do is they comment and back up his. So then that becomes a mentality that we're all agreeing that damnation's a bit shit, and we don't know what we're doing with lineups, and every other event's better. And I kind of get that wee bit when you go to an event and you get a fan base like that. It's sort of, it's got a compounding effect that you yeah. get. Everybody becomes a bit of an asshole, and I think that's what's great about damnation is because that kind of nonsense gets called out quite regularly. Like if you want to listen to fucking Taylor Swift, then good for you. Yeah. Yeah, like, you don't get to tell somebody that Taylor Swift shite just because you like Pink Destroyer. I mean, she might be shite. You know I mean, but you're like, that's not just your god. I'm like, it's because we don't. The, the forum that we've got doesn't put up, the fans that we've got don't really put up that kind of nonsense. If folk do feel like that, they keep it to themselves, which then, that's got a compounding effect that you feel like you're in a fan base where everybody's quite accepting and open-minded. So, aye, that's a long-winded way of saying that aye, we've, we've got a right good fan base that, <laughs> that that don't tend to be that negative or gatekeepers, as you say. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fun. That's grand. I say I have a very similar um, experience with that. So, I have a Spotify playlist that's got about 400-odd hours or something on it, and it's literally everything I listen to. So, And I'm, I'm a massive uh, fan of 80s pop and sort of, uh, you know, noughties pop and things like that as well. So, like, I'll be... Um, I was driving in the car the other day, and um, my missus found um, Katy Perry on my on my Spotify and put it on. I said, oh, yeah, you put that on. I said, but I'll put it on shuffle, like, so it just plays everything. Literally went from Katy Perry fireworks to Nal Nathrak. And she literally just was like, I don't like it. Put it back, put it back. <laughs> I don't like, make it stop. Make it stop. I mean, I, I feel your, I feel your pain. My wife doesn't like uh, metal music and my kids so far don't like metal music. So I very often hear that, uh, that music's to be turned off in the kitchen or the room or whatever when something gets popped on. But 
What can you do? Yeah, what can definitely. You do? Um, so, not to be too negative, I'll spell on it. I'm trying to put this positive, this negative point, put a spell on it. Um, so, a lot of festivals have come and gone over the years, such as likes of Ghost Fest, Portal Festival, Heavy Festival, sort of fallen. What do you think makes Damnation stand out amongst the rest as a smaller festival? I mean, I've kind of answered it in the fact, like, the fans. But, yeah, what, what do you think is the reason why it stands out after all the years? Being, being honest, being realistic, being transparent, I, I think that we are the most transparent event out there. Uh, from ticket sales to what's possible, what's not possible, why we book bands, why we don't book other bands. I mean, the podcast has been an extra layer on that. If people really want to get into the, the, the weeds of what uh, our process behind everything. Uh, and people... People gravitate towards that when when they don't feel they've been spun some bullshit. I think we've I think we've all seen too many events where tickets selling out fast, and I, I sometimes see those post tickets selling out fast to mean we're fucked. We're selling no tickets because yeah. it's almost gone full circle now. That when you start seeing these sponsored posts about tickets selling out fast, you're a bit like, I will. The last four festivals I seen say that all like all collapsed, or I seen pictures when they actually happened. So there's there's a bit of that. I, I would. I'm biased, but I would say our lineups are fucking spectacular for the for the pricer. I mean, oh god, yeah, that's that, funny. The, the, I mean, for a long, well, our first lineup was thirteen pounds for for those, those bands entombed, um, Raging Speed on sixth and so on. And for years, really, I've got lines up behind me, but we never went beyond sort of the twenty. I mean, that's right up to two thousand and. 10, 11, we were 27, 29 pounds. The things have got more, bands have become a lot more expensive than they were before. They're not making any money for Spotify or any sort of album sales, so they're making it up on their merchandise and their fees. And the bands we're booking now, I mean, you're getting to the stage of Converge and Ministry and Opeth, and these bands are fucking extortionate. So our, our price has now crept up, it's now 55 for next year, um, which I get. It's not I'm uncomfortable with it, but I understand that you're getting into a realm where that's a that's a proper ticket cost. Now that's a that plays a big part as well. You, for me, for a long time, people could come to Damnation and pay the price of some gig tickets. We would get you the full festival, twenty nine pound, thirty pound, and if they liked one or two bands, then that was they felt as if it was worth it. The rest of the smoking area catching up with pals or just enjoying the atmosphere or finding out some new bands. So I see a lot of these festivals just come out of the blue. And it's like. Here we are, no one knows who we are, we're based here, we're booking these things, £90, and you're a bit like, well, firstly, you've just mentioned a lot of the band, the, the festivals, when they all collapse, people are left high and dry, their accommodation's fucked, their travel and transport is, is fucked, half the time they're fighting to get their, the money for their tickets back, so you really need to, not only does it need to be affordable for folk, it, you really need to give them some reason to, to buy into it at the start, and a lot of these events have come out, they just want to be I'm not even saying that, but let's use Damnation example. They want to be Damnation on day one. They don't want to walk towards it. You can summon them right up to Altfest. Altfest wanted to be Bloodstock on day one. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're just not going to be Bloodstock on day one. The reason Bloodstock sells is because they worked at it. They, made, they had all those losses for all those years, and they've just built it and built it. Now people trust in the brand. So when Bloodstock put tickets on sale, you kind of know what lineup you're going to get, and you know what's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. The um the old London uh, thing was just fucking mad. That seems like a. Um, I mean, I actually got a ticket, uh, a free ticket, like a couple of days before. Um, but I live in Norwich, so it's a two-hour drive to London, and I was like, 
uh, I could, I could like don't get me wrong, like Architects are, are a band I really enjoy and things like that. And it's like I could go for free to the Architects, but it's two hours to get there, two hours to get home, and then I just saw what happened on Twitter, and I was like, oh god, like I'm yeah. glad I didn't spend the petrol money getting that. You know, and I felt awful for the bands first and foremost, but the punters that spent fifty, sixty quid on a ticket and just got absolutely screwed and. The way they I mean, that was, handled it afterwards was just appalling. That that was, I mean, that, just so the listeners are not getting confused. I mean, all fest that happened, or tried to happen about ten years ago, oh, is different from, from oh. Alt London. How all fest was somebody showed up in the book Marlon Manson and a cradle of filth and arch enemy, and it's kind of as I say they were trying to be bloodstock in a day, oh, and it, it didn't happen. However, Alt London, like, see, because like I know how much architects cost, right? So you've already went and you've made that effort to pay all that money for that band and then we give them 45 minutes. Yeah. What, what, what good is that to anyone? I mean, what's, yeah. what's the point? What's, what is the point? In, uh, that, that was a straight... I, I, I still know actually at the bottom of who was involved in that and why that happened. It was just... It was such a bizarre... That whole London day was such a bizarre... If anybody... We, we spent many hours laughing or trying to find out who this guy TZ was who was booked to play two... To yeah. like basically seven minute sets. So we a seven minute set and then they left the stage and somebody else came on and done a set. Then he came back and the last seven minute set. Like, what is that? <laughs> I mean, I've I've been to a few festivals. I've seen some funny shit in my time, but that 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 was up there with what the hell? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was, and honestly, like, there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes of these festivals that downloads bloodstocks right down to your cells. That I mean, there's a lot of haggling and and and. Fruit stopping with agents and managers about the billing of bands and how long they'll play and like I mean when architects agreed, agreed to play that I mean I guarantee their set would have been ninety minutes and they were yeah. probably headlining that tent was supposed to be I mean the amount of stuff that they had to sacrifice come the day just to go out and do that that I mean a lot of other bands would have just said stuff it and I'm, well I take it a lot of other bands did because a lot of bands just didn't seem to appear so uh, it was a that was a and that does the industry no good see all these things as well sometimes. You can shake your head about it, or sometimes you can even laugh about these festivals. You see, every time one one collapses, or uh, fans are let down, it just damages everybody else that's left. It's yeah, just it, it makes it harder than this makes it harder than next year to sell that ticket again for somebody who's no get a refund for heavy Scotland or Oak Fest or, or, or Northern Darkness or Ghost Fest or Temples. Uh, or, or just feels like they've been let down in some way. That trust goes. And then the bands, their their trust goes as well. And then suddenly you get a manager, an agent, and you've got quite a good relationship for suddenly asking for fifty percent of the fee nine months in advance. And you're a bit like, well, I, I never screwed your band. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that brings me quite nicely onto the fact that it goes without saying, being a, a festival promoter and booker is a thankless task. I mean, you probably get thanked while you're there, but the twelve months, thirteen months of planning before the festival. How do you find keeping your personal preference in terms of bands and keeping fans happy, as well as kind of managing expectations of the budget and all things like that? Uh, I manage it okay. Manage it okay. I, I've, I've, I've repeatedly said it's, it's never been. There was myself and the uh, co-organiser, Paul, and it's never really been. Like, our tastes and what we can get in our tastes been great, but it's never as important as the bands you can get. I mean, like, I don't dislike Opeth, but I don't, I don't sit and have their albums in rotation the way I would with Amin Ra. So, but it's no question if 
you can get your hands in OPEF that, that we're going to go and do it. Yeah. Because it, it means more for, for the festival. And and honestly, like, I don't, I mean, I quite like ministry, but I don't remember last time I, I listened, sat down and listened to a ministry album. But that's, again, it's, I'm never going to not book ministry and just go and book a band I like. And I, I, that's another one with these, sometimes these festivals that you see, they, they just try to build something around their own taste as if their own taste is a be all and end all. And it's well, that what happens with that is you end up with a festival collapsing because it's not it's the be all and end all to that person, and, and that's it. I mean, you were saying earlier about good and bad music, and you're right. But damnation only books good music, yeah. And I might not even like all of that, but I, I can understand when a a thrash band is very good at what they do. It's just yeah. because I'm not particularly into that genre that much. Doesn't mean that I'm good. I, I, I don't know that it's good music. I, I don't really like any progressive music, like prog rock or anything like that, story the dooms kind of stuff, but I, I know when it's good, you yeah. know what I mean? I wish I could appreciate it more. I mean, I, I'm not a, your band shit, I'm like, I wish I could like it, I just, it's not the style that I'm in, I'm just not that style. So, I don't find it, or we don't find it that difficult. And I'm, I think I'm so long into the game of doing this now, that I don't even see, I don't even recognise the difference. Like when I'm booting a cult or a, or a band that, I've, that I don't listen to, I just see it as like, I know how that will fit into damnation. I know how much they should cost. Although that's always going to be a fight because the agent thinks they're worth twice as much. But, uh, aye. And I, and, I, and I think, right, for two things, we were, we were going to book Saxon in 2005. It was going to be the first ever we'll try to get Saxon. I fucking hate Saxon. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't listen to a Saxon fucking album my entire life. But at the time, it was more about, it was more about just trying to get something we could build on about. And I could get these region speed tones and stamping grounds and six on a bill and something to be proper, like, not just, not just a two bit job. It's the back of somebody's couple, do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I, right from the very start, it's always been about the integrity of the lineup rather than just what they are things good. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say that I won't mention uh, the band's name on the podcast just in case they decide they want to come on and I don't want to burn any bridges before I get any. But um, there's one band in particular that seems to be doing the rounds of the festival, and it's not that they're not good, at, like they're not musically talented. It's Orgasm. Just- I didn't say that, Gavin, but <laughs> it's just, ah, I, I, oh, fuck it, yeah, no, I can't even, I would never have one of it. but it's, I don't get, like, it's not even they're bad, they're just physically not good at playing their instruments, do you know what I mean, like, so I've seen them a couple of times at festivals when they've just been on, and, like, the drummer's trying to do drumstick tricks, and he's dropping his sticks, and I'm like, just focus on what you've got to do, if you can't do that bit first, don't try and be for clever. Do you know what my, I mean? My, my old man, my old man comes to festivals, he fucking loves orgasm. He absolutely fucking loves. He's like, is he like, say, was it Dire, is it dire Straits? No, right, it was yeah. Dire, was it Dire Straits? It was, there's another, hmm, there's a band that he was in and he's like, oh, this is like a 2020 version of this band and he absolutely loves it and he makes it listen. And I, to be honest, I've watched him twice. I, I nodded my head along. There's much worse Fucking hell, man! It was a couple of slots later. I was watching some band called Oh, who is that terrible band that came out with unicorns on? Uh, oh, oh, is this a Bloodstock? Bloodstock. Um, not Bloodstock. Uh, oh God, I was going to say Powell. If it's not Powell, um, it's uh, what's his face? The Alstorm guy. Alstorm. I saw. But who's the, there's a fuck that thing. Anyway, that band of the guy was running about with a mallet and fucking unicorns, and that was like that was difficult to watch. 
And like at least at least Wargasm at least Wargasm aren't that bad at home. But I for some reason I've managed to get through twenty twenty one and I've seen Wargasm twice, which is probably twice more than, than I needed to. What the hell was that? Oh, that's gonna annoy me. Because he he's um well, all of them have been come out there's been screenshots been leaked by um, band with right. them not being very nice people, should we say. I can't think of the hell they're Glory Hammer. Glory Hammer, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> yeah. oh, Glory God. Glory Hammer. Fucking Glory Hammer. Each, each to their own. I fuck Glory Hammer. So I, 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 I know, but I know. But the thing is with orgasm, the way what's happening with orgasm is getting, I don't know people's backs up as such, but like that's they've obviously came out. Did they even have an album out yet? They've no. done like yeah. Slam Dunk. They get download. They get Bloodstock. They get um, Alt London. Yeah. They were on. What's the other one that I saw? That Leeds and Red. And I mean, like some you get bands that have been. Not good bands in that same similar sort of genre. They've been knocking their pan in for years, and and I haven't had a single slot in any of them. And Wargasm have come out with one EP, and they're on every single main stage and bill. And I think that's maybe just a, a wee bit of jealousy and resentment there with that band as well. But Bloodstock was probably a weird booking for them to be. To be fair, I mean I've seen some of the the responses to uh, Wargasm performing at Bloodstock, and there was a lot of folk that weren't that keen. I mean, to be fair, I watched the Bloodstock, and I thought the crowd were actually better than what I expected. We, we were joking before they played that they're going to get bottled, they're going to get this, they're going to, which is not what Bloodstock would do anyway. No, but but no. given that band, I was thinking, yeah, it's not, it's going to go down like a lead balloon. But every, you know, they were actually quite respectful and just sort of let them get on with it. And I was like, oh, that was weird. That was weird half an hour of my life. Aye, but it, an agent got an agent grabbed me when he's back. So, so when can we expect to see orgasm at Damnation? You're like, well, you know what? Maybe that is why Damnation does succeed because you won't see orgasm at Damnation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've still got the pleasure of seeing them in December because they're supporting Creeper. So, yay for me! Oh god, I'm <laughs> I mean, at least I get half an hour at the bar beforehand. So at least there's that. That's <laughs> um, yeah. So. We should mention as well, obviously, Damage in 2021 is sold out, but you've also got the Friday uh, before, the night before, Friday, um, A Night of Salvation, is it called? Yeah. thinking that, yeah, with um, Spellbard, Orange Goblin headlining, and there's another one I've forgotten off the top of my head. Rage, so it's Rage and Speedtone doing their debut album, Rage and Speedtone, which will be the greatest thing that happens this year. I'm almost certain of it. It'll be so good to hear them doing that after about twenty years. It was that's the album was responsible for me really getting into metal properly. Yeah. Um Cock are gonna they're gonna be there doing the Go to Mendes set. So that's another so Raging Speed Speed Home One is a world exclusive. That's the only place that's happening. Um Ackercock, I'm assuming that they're not organised anything else, so that's going to be an exclusive that will happen else. Svalbard is an exclusive, it's happening nowhere else, they're, they're performing When I Die Will I Get Better. So, those three sets alone are worth £25 each, and then Orange Goblin are doing a 25 years Orange Goblin set that you would have seen at um, Bloodstock. Which is brilliant. <laughs> which is brilliant. That, that night is, that night's, I think it's going to be incredible. I mean, it's already... That night sold more tickets than some of the damnations that we put on. It's because uh, it's in because it's in the main stage, so it's like mm. two thousand capacity room. But I think we've already done like fifteen hundred tickets. To it, so that night's going to be something special as well. Definitely. Um, so obviously, if you've missed out and slept on twenty twenty one, more for you. Um, so twenty twenty two, you've announced uh, obviously Ministry and Converge as a co-headliner 
along with Destruction, Pig Destroyer, Elder Despise Icon, Toxic Holocaust, and Pullbearer. Yes. You mad, mad bastard. That's the one hell of a fucking... When I, <laughs> when I saw that lineup, I texted my friend, we have like a group chat, a lot of people do. I went, damnation, look at it now. Just send them a screenshot. They were like, fucking hell, they're not messing around this year. Like, <laughs> nah, no. You know what? It's been a straight, the, the pandemic's been a strange thing. I mean, like, I have been on the record in interviews saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. It walks, it leads. We have got a good fan base there. We love that venue. Okay. There is issues. We, we can't start our main stage like half past two in the afternoon because there's a student canteen there beforehand that they need to feed the students so you can't even get access to your main stage. Some of the smaller stages, it's been suggested to us, why don't you just put shit bands on? I mean, why do you keep putting all these amazing bands in the smaller stages and then you've got people queuing outside? And, like, uh, when, when the solution to your problem means don't book such a strong lineup, then that's, uh, that's no solution at all. So uh, 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 we've been like... Okay, it's fine, it's fine. And the, the thing with promoting donation, the two is to promote it. We've got two demanding full-time jobs. So you get off the hamster wheel with one donation, you're right back on the next year in the lineup, and it goes again. Yeah, and it's all about promoting it and selling it and getting the tickets and then all the production that goes into it. So it, it kind of is, in our spare time, a year's job for, for the both of us to make it happen. And then the pandemic happened, and then the podcast, Damnation Versus, happened, and I had Tom Taft, the agent of... The likes of sleep and every time I die in Exodus, and we were chatting, and he'd made the he'd made some point about the this Bowles Exhibition Centre being a venue that the I think out as a hardcore festival outbreak we're moving to, and after I came off that I was like, really? So I, I looked at it, and I was like, well, because the big problem really was trying to find some of the three or four stages. There's like there's a million venues where you can go and you can get a big arena. But that, again, doesn't suit them. We don't need a big arena. We need somewhere that's got lots of space so we can do what we do. And uh, this place looked exactly like that. And it's got a Star Wars bar and it's got space outside for... for I mean, it's just a blank canvas for them. They're going to do whatever it wants to do with 6,000 plus capacity. And that got me excited. Mm. And then I was like, right, okay, okay. Let's tie that up, which we did when done a venue visit. Like at that point, I was I was all in, and then it was a case of right. Well, this is the weirdest year as well eh, to do it because every band's available. Every, like you get two a backlog of two years worth of bands, especially with the international bands that kind of get into the UK. Two years backlogs of these bands are all trying to get. And so suddenly we were getting offered everyone. It's not, it's not like we couldn't possibly ever got a Converge administrative baby. We offered two on a plate. Yeah. And and then it just it, it's just snowballed. So at the minute now, it's like pretty much the whole of 2022 is booked up. And as of yesterday, I'm still getting offered amazing sets and bands and tour supports. And I'm like, we, we, we're probably going to have to put a fourth stage somewhere here just to accommodate the great bands that are already going to be with the packages that were booked. Yeah. So... It was a wee bit of, it's now or never. You roll the dice with it. And if we were going to do it, we had to give it, you're not telling fans that you're going to a 6,000 capacity arena and saying, here's something that you would normally expect. Like, no disrespect to any of these bands, but here's Rage and Speed, Tom Orange, Goblin and Acrococky, and they're like, bands that people, Wargasm, bands that people have just seen do all their sets in the UK in the last two years because that was always it was available. So yeah, we really had to, Come out with Ministry, Converge, Pig Destroyer were this year's headliner, and now, I mean, the chances are they'll probably play the second stage next year. So, 
and there's, there's plenty more to come for that lineup as well. The, the time it's done, that lineup is going to be a pure work of art. Yeah, definitely, and that's the thing as well. It's um, it's the fact that you know the you've got the damnation hardcore fans that go year in year out, regardless. Of, you, you could you could put you know uh, a bloody bag of shit and a microphone next to it, and people would turn up for it. You know, um. So I saw the post that you guys put up saying you know you're moving to Manchester, moving to this big arena, six other people. Please buy a ticket, and then the next post is. We've sold fifteen hundred tickets. Holy fuck! Like, oh. and I think that there's definitely a, a desire and a want to see live music. Like you say, there's the bands are hungry to play it. You've, as a promoter, has got the pick of everyone you want, pretty much because everyone's available. So, like, it's it's the perfect storm for Damnation to to smash it in twenty twenty two. Yeah, well, does like the the hunger for the live music thing is something that I believed myself that I was like, oh, you know what, you could uh, you could bash two tambourines together and five hundred people would buy tickets. But it's, it, the truth is, that's not true. There's plenty of tours that are, that are happening this week that haven't sold out in small venues. There's plenty of tickets available for plenty of festivals. It's I think at the very start, like uh, even a download pilot when they're getting the ten thousand. I think I feel there was like. But once that novelty gone, that first you get that first gig, the first couple of two gig, then you get back into the swing. I'm right, okay, I'm not just showing up to musicians playing music down because everybody's back. And plus, there's not as if everybody's sitting there loaded either. So that by the time we were announcing Damnation 2022, I was not we weren't banking at all on people booking it just because it was a case of oh, you know what, we're going to go to every live gig it happens now because. I was, t- I was still like, well, well, if that's the case, why hasn't Incineration Festival sold it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Why is our ticket still available? The full Orange Goblin tour in December, all the dates have still got tickets. The full Svalbard tour, all the dates have still got tickets. The full Boss tour, all the dates have still got tickets. I mean, and these are, I, I mentioned these bands because they're bands that I love. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I've actually noticed that none of these have sold it in 300 cap rooms, 400 cap rooms. So it's not just a case of everybody in every city just saying, I'm going to buy anything that's available. So, when, when we were announced in 2022, it was a case of, look, just be honest. Yeah. Just just be honest, guys. Please buy a ticket. This is yeah. this is everything. This is the poker equivalent of all in. We are, this is going to be an exceptionally expensive uh, roll of the dice. Uh, you guys have stuck with us so long. Please have faith in this one too because strong pre-sales not only is it going to allow me to sleep yeah. at night, Knowing that you're like, oh shit, am I going to lose the house next year? But when you've got that, and, and any festival or any gig promoter will tell you, once you get strong, strong pre-sales, you're in a place of confidence. So you can then go and say, oh, you know what, that band that I was getting offered for five grand, but I was like, shit, I really need the band for three grand. You can pay for the five grand band. Yeah, of course. Or you can get that extra production. You can get the bigger screen in. You can do more merch runs like there's a, it opens up a freedom that when you're only focused on your promotion and marketing budget because you're so desperate to sell tickets it takes away your attention for the good stuff you could be doing yeah, I mean this is why I think this is why you get events like a like a road bump for example does well got a cracking, so they can focus so much their attention on making that the event that it is because that supports there and this is, now seems to be what Damnation's got about. For years, that wasn't the case. I mean, everyone's talked about Damnation now, like, is this getting an event that does sell out nine months in advance or does do 1,500 tickets in a week? That's never been the case. That's only been in the last year that this, something's turned. 
yeah. that people are like, oh, damnation something that I'm always going to be. Like, four or five years ago, we were, set, we were promoting damnation right up to the day before, the week before, before you were actually selling out the tickets. But I, I think there's been a... I think folk have are just seeing this, the, the tinted glasses with this and be like, oh, no, damnation was always going to do 1,500 tickets. Well, I'm the guy that sees the ticket sales and that wasn't wasn't what I was expecting. It was what I was hoping for. It wasn't yeah. what I was expecting. No, definitely. Um, so, I'd say we're getting to the 45-minute mark, so I'm going to start to sort of round things up so I don't take too much of your time. I've got a few quick-fire kind of questions coming at you. So, okay, your dream lineup for Damnation Festival. Money's no object. You're allowed three headliners. It's now a three-day festival, and you have three headliners. Who are you picking? Nine-inch nails, Deftones, and Tool. Who is that? Nine-inch nails, yeah. Deftones, and Tool. Yes, we've got a Deftones fan. Sorry, my, a friend of mine was on the podcast and slagged off Deftones, and I nearly walked out. I li- nah, nah, I, yeah, that should never even have been uploaded somewhere. That's <laughs> that, that guy's a orgasm fan. <laughs> well, he probably is, actually, to be fair. He probably is, to be fair. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, wow, okay. So, Nine Inch Nails is a uh, top quality band. Tool, I, my, uh, my, my old co-host, Reese. Love Tool, and I saw Tool at Download. Never, never got it. I don't know why I don't get it. It's, don't know, what am I missing? Uh, <laughs> eels. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, don't get me wrong. I've seen Tool. I've seen Tool five or six times. Mm. And when I saw them at Download, and then I went to Flute Hellfest, and I saw them in France the the following weekend. Uh, that was too. To be uh, the set list wasn't particularly strong. I, I, I didn't feel... I, I was a wee bit... It was, it was quite lazy. Menard came out and um, and both sets with the same stupid tartan trousers on and his yeah. uh, uh, wee wig. And I thought, well, that's a wee bit lazy as well here. You're, I mean, you're the top band that he's built. We've not seen you for 10 years. And anyway, you're just doing the same wardrobe change like Britney Spears for, for... I mean, there's nothing there's nothing unique to the situation. I mean, for a guy... That, yeah, that were tuned into and be like, oh, this musical genius, and he's just going to sort of like, I'm going to dig out these tartan trousers and some face paint for every single, like, there's no thought process to it. It was a wee bit disappointing as well. That's why that probably wasn't my, that probably wasn't my favourite tool sets, but at the same time, I'm not the guy to try and persuade you to like bands that I like. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm overcome with indifference when folk don't like or whatever, like, I, I great. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was saying, we like to try and uh, promote new music or music that people might not have heard of because no matter how big of a music fan you are or how much of a genius you think you are across music, you don't know everything. Spotify is infinite. Everyone's always making music. So who are you currently playing at the minute? It could be an older band you've recently got into or a new band. Who's... Uh, Who's lighting up your Spotify at the minute? I am absolutely... I'm a big... Your listeners might not know a great deal about post-rock, but I'm a massive, massive post-rock fan. And I'm pretty addicted at the moment to a band called We Lost the Sea from Australia. And they recorded an album with post-rock fans well know of called Departure Songs in 2015, which is regarded by a lot of folk as the best post-rock album of the last decade. And that has been on constant... Rotation. I mean, I'm absolutely loving that album at the minute. Uh, probably took, it took me far too long to discover it and get it, but I'm there now. In terms of 
because the, 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 exactly what you're saying about look how long I've been involved in uh, promoting underground UK music. And this last year, I must have listened to about a thousand good bands that I'd never heard of before. I mean, yeah. there's bands in the so Damnation's lineup. I'd never heard of Video Nasties. I'd never heard of Wood. I'd never heard of June. I'd never heard of Abduction. I'd never heard of Urn, Mountain Caller. Now, that's fair enough. Some of these bands have only just came up in the last, like, only just appeared. But yeah. it was just new music that they're all booked. They're all booked for, for Damnation. And they're all excellent. And I'm a, would, it, would it get with those guys and um, there's a cryptic shift in Boss Kelloid, Hell Ripper. I'm, I'm really hoping to see with this year with a lot of these bands getting decent slots like some Bloodstock and Damnation that they they just they get to that next level. It doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be selling at two thousand capacity rooms, but just get to that level where they're selling out their own 300, 400 capacity the the, the club tours. Because see, once you get there, that, that's quite something. Yeah, you know, definitely. and then th- then you can maybe push on and then maybe get a better slots to download, or you can get yourself on the Leeds and Red and. And for there, you, you could be nothing stopping you being next architects or bring their eyes or whoever. And that's the thing. Like I, we we spoke about uh, people being gatekeepery and stuff. I don't like to be gatekeepery, but when people say to me things like, "Oh, there's no good new, there's no good new music anymore," I just want to pick up and shake them. I'm like, "You're just not listening." No. Like, and you're just being lazy because music now is so accessible like it's literally at your fingertips it's not like it was in the in the 80s in the 80s 90s noise you had to go and buy a record buy a cd yeah. and they had to live with it for like a week or two weeks yeah. or whatever and if we get another one like and you have to force yourself to like something you pick yeah. it up and go right i'm gonna like this because i paid for it now where like music now for better or worse is so kind of chuck away and out of respect yeah. so like you know, when people go, oh, there's no good music, and it's like, oh, there is. You're just not looking. Aye. You're literally a, not looking. It's a blessing, of course. Well, firstly, people who say that are idiots because <laughs> there's fucking there's there's so much good music. There's so many great new bands that you just it's not possible to listen to them all. And see that what you're saying about the disposable nature of Spotify. That's a blessing, of course, because sometimes you find a band that's your new favourite band for twelve hours. Yeah. And about the following week, you can barely remember who it was you were listening to. You're like, I need to get back into that band, which you would never have done with a CD or a record or something you had to put some time and personal value into. I had to go to a record store or a CD shop or even order it. Even the fact of just having to go somewhere and paying £10 to buy the CD. Yeah. By the time you'd done that, there was some sort of investment. But the idea of just like your group chat, a link comes up and you click it and you go, oh, that was really excellent. And then two days later, you fucking completely forgot about what you listened to, you know what I mean? And we, we're like that. I mean, Paul and I went for, it was a period of two or three days, and we were just listening to band after band after band. Like, because we knew we were going to try and do this British lineup, and we knew the top bands would be the bands that everybody recognised, but the slots that were going to go for the likes, that as the name of the bands I said, Abduction and June and Ward and that, we had to go and listen to the band, find them, find them for ourselves. Yeah. So, aye. It's just, it's just not true. If you like black metal, post metal, thrash metal, the fucking it's all there. All these new bands are all fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And if you if you're really struggling to find something to listen to, just look at the damnation lineup, either this year or next year. You you can't go far wrong with some of the stuff on the well, you can't go far wrong with it. <laughs> no, no, I said that's it's that's another thing that does really well with damnation. We don't uh, we don't accept buy-ons. Buy-ons are a thing in this industry. We don't accept them, and we don't. If we don't like the tour support, we don't book it. So, oh, okay. so when you've got, 
I remember Bayons are basically just somebody saying, yeah, I'll give you £500 if you put my band. It's usually right. a, a, a dodgy manager and a fucking dodgy agent. And that, they things are short-lived as well because it becomes known and then yeah. Yeah, then no one goes and sees them. It's like I remember the boy Threaten. Was it Threaten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the equivalent of but that's him doing a buy-on tour, you know what I mean? Pretending he was his own manager and he booked the venues. Just because just you're there, no one's going to go and see you. Yeah. And then that damages damnation as a, as a brand because people don't trust that the opening band in the fourth stage and the opening band in the third stage are going to be as great as they will be this year with Abduction and Mountaincore. They're both paid to be at Damnation. So, um, aye, that's it. I don't even know why I'm fucking going off this front, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Um, so I've got uh, one more thing I was going to ask you. So I had um, Adam from Bloodstock on the podcast and I asked him the same question, and he was quite, um, he was quite reserved with his with his uh, opinion. So I'm hoping Gal's going to give me something good. Um, <laughs> what um, out of all the people, all the festivals you've done, I put on both Damnation and Download Buzz, what you've seen things. What is the worst thing you've seen at a festival? The worst either thing? either front house or back house, either or. The worst thing I've seen at a festival? Or the best thing. We'll go both. <laughs> I mean, let's... I don't know about what... The, what the, I'll, I'll, I'll use the context of Damnation. With some, I'll talk about Damnation. They point shit in somebody else's event. But <laughs> we have had... I mean, we have, the worst thing that ever happened to Damnation are the... the difficult... the diff- the problematic bands. So 1349 and 2007 were told they couldn't use fire. And right. use fire. And burnt somebody's face in the front row. Oh, so that, that was, I mean, superficially, thankfully, right, but yeah. that is up there with the fucking worst thing that ever happened. I mean, Tourist Ass playing Damnation was one of the worst things that ever happened to Damnation because they were just a fucking nightmare the whole day long. Um, who else has been difficult? Mayhem were a pretty difficult band to deal with for the start of the day, at the end of the day, and largely at that point, needlessly. It wasn't even anything serious. It just I'm- been. I was going to say, that's the only thing I was going to say, is because obviously you deal with a lot of black metal and things, and sometimes some of those individual members can be problematic. So I I did wonder if it had ever been an issue, you know. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. And I I try to keep away from the the spikes and cops paint and fucking the blood. Mm. I've just just not keen on it, and I think there's a lot of bands that do it pretty well that they don't want to bring fucking pig's blood and pour it over themselves. So we've managed to keep away for a lot of that, and then obviously when you get to black metal festivals, you tend to find some fucking idiot bands went and painted a swastika on a wall somewhere, which thankfully Damnation's not in that crap either. So, no, they were mayhem were just problematic for the sake of just, I don't know, maybe having a bad day or something, and they thought it would take out the Damnation production stuff. So, I that, but largely... Largely, Touchwood. Aye, it's not been it. It's not nothing, nothing horrific. Certainly nothing more horrific than the guy for thirteen forty nine burning somebody. I've not had any, I've not had anything worse than that. It was two thousand and seven. So please keep it that way. I mean, you've never been to yeah, damnation. No, but there's a, there's a running joke. We, for whatever goddamn reason, there's a fire alarm exhaust at the festival. Right. Always at the same time. And you're, you basically shut down the festival, fucking two stages, bands need to come off the stage, everybody has to go out. That's, I mean, it's a running joke with the fans at the minute, but it's not a running joke for me when it happens. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, no, definitely. It's a bit, yeah, that's a bit of a headache too, but I nothing, nothing that I would say, nothing that I'd say was so horrific. I'd be like, oh my God, that sprung to mind as soon as you asked that question. 
And who is the nicest band you've ever had the pleasure to work with? I'm going to say both, though, right? But the reason I'm saying both is because the thing is, you book a million bands and they're like 90% of them are really nice. But once you get in both through and you're the band that sold the 4,000 tickets and you're the band that's headlining and has absolute discretion over fucking almost everything, set lengths and what you're going to do with your backdrop and, and the whole works, there's no band nicer than than, than both through. I mean, they guys were just punk rock DIY, just the way the way you would dream. I mean, if you were dealing with bands that could sell the amount of tickets that both through could sell, you were dealing with them. Every time you were putting donations, there'd be four or five donations a year because it was everything for the fee right through to how they handled their own merch and just everything was just refreshing. Because you, sometimes you book a band for £100 and they want 30 guests and the riders fucking get four bottles of vodka and four bottles of Jack Daniels. And you're like, mate, this doesn't cost more than your actual fee to play. <laughs> and uh, they want to bring their own sound desk in, and they're fucking bringing gels for the lights. Not like, come on, guys, you're a hundred pound for a reason. I mean, like, because that's what you're worth. Yeah. Both were, for everything they were worth, which was a substantial amount, never yeah. had any of that nonsense. So we just, it was nice that year. We've been such a successful year as well. It was nice that year to, to deal with a band that were just so grounded after all these years that they they'd done it. Yeah, definitely. Right, I think that's a perfect place to end the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Gav. Um, is there anything else you want to plug, promote at the end? Where can people no, listen, well, thank you anyone who's listened to this podcast who, who comes to Damnation, has bought a ticket for this year or the Night of Salvation. Brilliant. Look forward to having you there in November. Uh, if it sounds like something that's up your street, come and join us, support us in, in, in 2022. It would make, if we do the 6,000 tickets, it would make Damnation the biggest indoor metal festival in Europe which is not just a, a feather in our cap, obviously, but a feather in the UK's cap, that we've got a fan base so strong that we can achieve that. You know what I mean? That yeah. is here. And it's only going to be, it's one of these things that's only going to be good for you. If you're into metal, maybe this year, Ministry of Converse might not be your, your favourite bands, but then that could be, I mean, who could that be? That could be Neurosis, it could be fucking Emperor. Mastodon, but then you get the venues that size, you can literally start talking about proper band like bands that sit quite high up the building a download main stage, you know what I mean? So it's uh, we'll see how this year goes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how twenty twenty two goes. Hopefully we'll do what they do for that. And then for there, like the the, the options of the for damnation are endless. I mean what we could do we could wrap around the fence things we could we could do some really special stuff. So I please um, please support the the festival. And thank you very much for your time and inviting me onto the podcast. A pleasure has been absolutely mine, Gav. Go and check out Damnation's lineup. Go and do Damnation. Night of Salvation, which has still got tickets at the time of recording. So go and do that. And if not, you can't do that, go and do 2022 because it's going to be amazing. Gav, thank you so much. Um, I will see you in 2022. You will, mate. Awesome. You will. Thank you for your time. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Bye.